ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. So you guys didn't, you know, sit down with us and talk and I would just ask how would we feel about it. Um, it wouldn't stop you from doing it, but just no one asked. So if we're going to post up something, do we have to ask? That's Samu Karevi giving his perspective for new ABC documentary for Lao. No prizes for guessing what the film's about. The code-hopping star remains one of the biggest stories in Australian sport. Despite blanket coverage from every media organisation in the country, I think there's always been a sense from audiences that we're not getting the full picture. This documentary gives a voice to those who were deeply impacted by Israel Folau, but not always heard while providing nuance and context to his story. So what does the film reveal that we didn't know or maybe failed to appreciate? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Jamie Pandaram is a senior sports writer for News Corp and covered Israel Folau's career extensively. He is one of the key voices in the two-part Folau documentary, which will first air Thursday, May 18. Jamie, this story, it remains fraught. And I think years on, the wounds from Israel Folau's clash with Rugby Australia remain raw. Were you at all concerned about lending your perspective to what can be an explosive story? When Nell mentioned first approached me, she gave me her vision, her idea of what it was, and it was quite broad. And so I thought it was really important to get the perspective of the journalists covering the story at the time, because we were all brought into that argument and we were all criticised as well for stories that we'd written. Um, you know, there was anger on both sides. And I just thought it was a key to the audience's understanding that they knew, you know, what our demands were, you know, what our agenda was in uh, breaking the news, you know, writing the perspectives that we were getting. So, yeah, I, I wasn't all that all that worried about lending my perspective. I think it was um, key. We, we were right in the mix and in the thick of it as it was going on. As you say, you lived the story in real time and only a handful of people got to do that. You were utterly plugged into the yarn, having seen the documentary. What does it reveal to you that you didn't know or couldn't tell audiences at the time the story was evolving? Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like every single day for about five months, uh, all I was talking about and reading about and writing about was Israel Folau and Rugby Australia. Um, I think this documentary has revealed a couple of uh, really interesting points, one of which um, Wallabies coach Michael Checker at the time revealing um, how he was being confronted in the streets. With everyone having a crack at him for one reason or another, either you, you didn't say enough or you did say enough, or why did he say this or you say that. People, like, I was confronted in the street aggressively many times by people. I imagine that was happening to players as well. He couldn't say much at the time, but that was something that I, I was unaware of. I didn't know until I uh, saw the documentary myself. The other thing that really struck out for me was the perspective of Pacifica um, people that spoke for the documentary. It's not all one voice. And I think that was what got lost in a bit of the debate. People tried to simplify it a little bit and say that it was an attack on the Pacifica community and their beliefs. Well, I think the documentary clearly shows that 
not all Pacifica people um, have the same views and that it is really more of a nuanced system of beliefs and you can be a Pacifica person who does believe that homosexual people go to hell or you can be a Pacifica person who was gay themselves and were deeply offended by those comments. Why do I care about it? Because he's talking about me. <laughs> he's talking about my way of life and who I am and uh, I think that's a bit unfair. That was uh, a side that really didn't get to air a great deal as we were trying to sort of break the news um, and follow the legal case. And I think the documentary touching on that was really important. Part of that Pacifica voice is Samu Karevi, the only present Wallaby who speaks at length in the film. And he was engulfed in the storm at the time because of his willingness to stand up for his faith, but also back Israel for Lau. And I was ready to go to battle for my faith and um, stand up for my beliefs. What did you take away from his perspective and how do you think it might be received? I felt really sad just listening to Samu Karevi because they should have been given a platform to air their views. And I know at the time, Rugby Australia's perspective was we can't allow any more damage to be done by other players who support Falau. But, you know, they were being silenced. And it's just tough to see that you've got these teammates who, who want to support him, who, who share those beliefs and as damaging as it what it was, to have Samu air those now, I just feel like that was a mistake that they, you know, that they shouldn't have marginalised the guys that were um, backing Falau, regardless of the damage that came of it. Um, you know, we got told from our media teams uh, not to say anything about supporting Izzy or saying anything at all. But after those coming days, there was everyone that didn't support him was all over the news. They were allowed to be interviewed. They were allowed to say that they don't support the message they would have been um, fairer to allow those guys to have a voice just as the people who were Falau's teammates who were criticising him at the time. It seemed to me watching the documentary that I came away asking two questions that I want to ask you. Do you think it holds Falau adequately to account for his actions? And secondly, do you sense that he appreciates the broad damage that this story led to across the spectrum of the community? Yeah, interesting question, Pat. I'm not sure if the documentary wants to hold Falau to account because it's set out to basically get a broad range of voices in there. I think the people who were critical of Falau will remain critical of him after watching this doco and those who ardently supported him will continue to do so. I think there's an important middle ground where a lot more people will be sympathetic towards Israel and the way he was raised and why he believes what he believes. You know, as Christians, uh, you, you know, each day we're, we're trying to conform to, uh, to becoming more like Christ. And, and that's exactly what this whole situation has done for me. The second question, I honestly don't believe that he understands the, the broader damage he's done to the game. There's been an extremely challenging period for rugby and this issue has created an unwanted distraction in an important year for the sport and for the Wallabies team. Essentially he saw this as an attack on himself and his faith um, which is intrinsically linked to who he is as a human being. I think throughout this entire process he's only thought about that this was an attack on Christianity, his faith and he saw it from that lens. You know, and just wanting to share that message uh, of, of love that God uh, is really trying to extend that to, to all people. 
and probably didn't have a grasp of what was happening outside of that realm, which was that sponsors were walking away from the game. A lot of his teammates were forced to front up and talk about uncomfortable topics. The time taken up and invested in that is taken away from uh, rugby. It's been a challenging period uh, leading people through that. The Wallabies team suffered, RA suffered financially. Uh, eventually, you know, the CEO, Raylene Castle, resigned. I don't think that he considered a lot of that in the mix while he was just basically trying to defend himself and his faith. Jamie, what lessons does this documentary have for rugby union, but more broadly, Australian sport and that intersection of sport, politics, faith, cultures and the LGBTQI plus community? I think education is the most important factor to take away for codes. You've got to have those strong, uncomfortable conversations with all of your players as they're coming through, um, not after a contract has been signed. Uh, Obviously, you know, one of the blunders that RA made was not to include social media clauses when they re-signed Falau when he'd already shown on his social media that he held some pretty extreme beliefs. When you've got a new generation of players coming through, some of them who will believe similar things, I don't think you can say you're not allowed to believe this, but you've got to understand the damage it will do if you air this publicly. And for me, um, you know, liking a post, it just turned zero to 100 real quick, being called a bigot and stuff, and people saying, you know, I'll see you in hell. It's really hard to take as a Polynesian group. You know, there's a difference between believing something and then expressing that belief where it discriminates against the group. I think if you just educate players in that space, you'll avoid a lot of the damage that's been done here. Jamie Pandaram, thanks so much for sharing your perspective with us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Pat. A reminder, you can view Falau on ABC iView. Headlines. Enormous news from the AFL with North Melbourne coach Alistair Clarkson standing down indefinitely to deal with his well-being as he struggles with the ongoing inquiry into allegations of racism at his old club Hawthorne. Kangaroos football boss and close friend Todd Viney addressed the move at the club's headquarters. When he leaves, leaves his workplace and he goes home and then he's dealing with the constant um, unknown around this investigation, it's, it's really taken a mental toll to the point where he just feels like he needs to get himself right before he can help his family, first and foremost, and, and us as a club. Clarkson has grown increasingly frustrated with the length of the ongoing investigation, which has already taken eight months and is clearly taking a toll. It was easy to miss some other big news in the AFL as a consequence. The league has confirmed a daytime grand final for 2023. The other significant drop in the world of Aussie rules, the AFL Commission has announced it will formally support the Indigenous voice to Parliament following other footy codes, Rugby League and Rugby Union. Man City is into the Champions League final after thumping Real Madrid 4-0 in the second leg of their semi-final tie. The blue side of Manchester remains on track for a historic treble. I'm talking Premier League, FA Cup and Champions League trophies. Pep Guardiola beats Carlo Ancelotti. Manchester City don't just beat Real Madrid. They've hammered them out of the competition. They will play Inter Milan in the European decider. And UFC fans will be foaming at the mouth with excitement with the news the MMA League is coming to Sydney for September 10. UFC 293 is one of three major cards to be hosted out of the Harbour City over the next four years. Parramatta Stadium and Homebush Basketball Arena are seen as the likely venues. 
Can you imagine the scenes? It's going to be a zoo, the good kind of zoo. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Stan Sport for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.